0: Well, hello, hello. Welcome to the TAO Intentions Podcast. For today's episode, we will be discussing good intentional habits. One of the reasons why I decided to do this topic is due to the fact that I have named the podcast, The Ambitious Obsession Intentions. What inspired me to name the podcast Intentions or T-O-A Intentions is because I wanted to interview or to have discussions about things that we do intentionally in our lives. It could be daily. It could be weekly. I'm not sure it's your decision, but intentional could also mean purposeful. One of the things that I adapted to doing years ago was to be intentional in everything that I do. Making up my mind prior to doing an action or making a decision and deciding to stick with it. So every aspect of my life, I do things intentionally. This is also a quality of successful people. Everything that successful people do is intentional. They've made that choice. It's deciding within yourself that this is a path that you need to go on and actually following it. And so this is why I wanted to dedicate an entire episode to just talking about being intentional in your life. And it could be anything from something super small to something super big. And it really depends on the person and who you are as a person as to why you would decide to do something that's intentional every single day of your life. Some people might say sabotage is somewhat intentional. I will go into that a little bit more further into the episode as to why people would say sabotaging yourself could be something that is intentional. But for now, I am going to begin by talking about things that I do that are intentional to give you an idea of what I mean by intentions, what I mean by living your life intentionally. The definition of intention is a thing intended, such as an aim or a plan. Now, a lot of people do a lot of things intentionally, but today I'm going to focus on the first part of this episode by talking about what I do intentionally in my life. So one of the things that I do uh, that is intentional in my life is redecorating my home seasonally. Now that might not be intentional because I grew up seeing my family members and my mother and my grandmother doing this uh, regularly especially yearly and sometimes more than that. So it might not be intentional, but it's, it's something that I, I love doing. I appreciate doing it. I love changing around my home. I like adding something new to my home every possible time. Again, I do get rid of things to make room for those things, so I'm not a hoarder. But redecorating my home just kind of opens the space. People talk about feng shui. Sometimes they choose specific colors that make them happy or they leave a lot of open space to make them feel like they can breathe and they're not constricted. This could also be adding plants to your home or waterfalls to your home to give you that peaceful um, attitude and nature that comes with listening to water just flow. And so redecorating my home seasonally is something that I really genuinely love to do. And now that spring is just around the corner, I cannot wait uh, to move my home around again and change some colors because every year uh, comes a, a new fresh color into my life that really exhibits what my mood is. And I tend to like to change my home to, to reflect what I do how I feel so when people do come into my home they either feel cozy or warm or peaceful and I like that feeling of happiness that people feel when they come into my home so I like to redecorate I like to change things I like to add colors Uh, when I first moved into this home I had like I decided to buy a turquoise couch which is very not traditional because everyone gets either the black couch or maybe a white couch or a gray couch for a nude color, but I wanted something a bit more vibrant because my personality is vibrant and I wanted my home to reflect who I am. And so I had a turquoise couch, I got this turquoise lamp, which it wasn't planned, it just worked out that way. Um, And now I have more plants. Uh, plants that I really like or I've seen them and it caught my attention and I'm just like oh that looks really good and I went and I bought it and I put it in my home and I decorated it and even you know fake flowers I do have some of that but I want to step up my game this year a little bit by making something a little bit more lavished and luxurious looking so no more cheap flowers from cheap stores But uh, redecorating is something that I do intentionally yearly and I actually do it seasonally, personally. So before the winter, um, I change my home around um, leading to the winter. And then once spring begins, I do spring cleaning where I literally move everything around. I get into the knit and gritty and I get the dirt out. I mop it. I make sure everything is perfect. And so then I start to move things around a little bit more. Um, And then during the summertime, I don't necessarily have to worry about it because I have changed my home to reflect the warmer weather. And then again, come fall, when it's getting a little bit warmer or sorry, colder, I tend to change it around again, which means the heater needs to be out and present. I need to have proper airflow in my home so I'm not necessarily blocking Um, the circulation. I move my bed away from the window because it gets a little bit cold and just little things like this does make me quite happy. Making my home comfortable enough for me to want to come home and never want to leave. Making your home your safe place is intentional. I feel alive at home. I feel more relaxed. I feel more at peace. So redecorating my home seasonally just makes me feel good inside. Making myself a priority uh, is something that I'm very intentional about. And this is something I started years ago. And making myself a priority means personal time of just peace. Um, That also means putting myself first. Asking myself what I need before satisfying others. Doing nice things for myself. And that could include shopping, dinner at a restaurant alone, movie nights. Uh, glasses of wine, whenever I need to unwind and relax, not profusely, of course, and buying flowers for myself. One of the things that I do intentionally within that intention is that I prioritize and budget everything that I do. Um, Thankfully, I have Netflix, so I don't really have to budget watching movies or having movie nights. Um, Glasses of wine, I only buy, you know, my favorite and I don't consider price in the type of wines that i buy because i do like my wines from argentina portugal places like that where it has a bit more spice and a little bit more flavor Um, usually those types of wines are in a specific price range so i've never had to budget for any of that source of stuff but buying myself flowers on the other hand it's more of a seasonal thing like when I walk into a flower shop whatever I can my eyes connect to and I attract to is what I usually buy I don't have a favorite flowers when it comes to shopping now that's where I have to be very intentional so I always make a list of all the things that I need to buy things that I wear daily things that I, I you know might be worn out or things that I might need to to replenish and I add those things to my shopping list so if I do go out shopping I only buy what I need I never buy what I want sometimes I slip but again it has to be on sale for me to even consider slipping for that particular item but I do intentionally make sure that if I do go shopping because maybe it lifts my spirit maybe it makes me feel happy I can only go by this specific list And buy only what's on that list within the list of making myself a priority i had mentioned putting myself first and asking myself what i need before satisfying others one of the reasons why that is very important and why many people need to be intentional about that depending on who you are if you find that you are very sensitive or that you put a lot of people first before yourself, or you're always concerned about what other people are experiencing or what other people are going through, this is when you need to learn to pull back and to think about yourself and put yourself first. I do find that I can be quite empathetic towards people and I do have sympathy for people in their situation and then I also notice about myself is that I I become very passionate about what other people are going through and if I feel that they are being wronged I tend to get very passionate about it I don't know how else to say that so because I notice that I do that and that you know I make my focus in that moment in time about the other person and sometimes that carries on and carries out into my daily life where I'm doing things for myself or by myself I find myself thinking about that person and so that can be quite dangerous because then you're not really making room for yourself to find that peace and relaxation that you really need for yourself so sometimes now I make it a priority that every single day when I hear someone who comes to me with their problems or express some dissatisfaction, I have to always listen and just pull back. I can uh, provide opinions, but I still have to try to pull back. And so making myself free from, from being entangled in something that really doesn't have anything to do with me. So Making time for yourself and asking yourself what you need before satisfying others is quite important for your mental health. It's important for you because then you're pouring out more of yourself into others and their situation rather than taking that energy and putting it back into yourself. And so I had to be intentional about doing that in my life for years now. So another thing on my list that I do intentionally is learning how to let go of things that you cannot control. I have been struggling in this category because it's so hard to let go of things that you cannot control. So let's talk about what are things that you cannot control. First thing is you can't control the weather. The second thing is that you can't control actions of other people. You cannot control things that are happening in that moment. Um, And you also cannot control people. This is where a lot of people find themselves struggling is the need to control others or put themselves in situation where they feel like they need to lead others who did not ask them to do so. They want them to do what they think is best, but at the end of the day, that person can only do for themselves what is best for them, or what they know what to do or how to do it. Can't just tell someone that this is how it's supposed to be and they're just supposed to follow it. They need to come to that conclusion on their own. So letting go of things that you cannot control is very difficult. I don't know anyone that has mastered this as of yet. And the day that I do, I hope to have them on this podcast so they can explain to me how they've put themselves in a situation where they just let go. Completely let go. And so that is something that I'm still working on uh, to this day is letting go of things that I cannot control. I cannot control traffic, I cannot control people who at that moment in time might be overthinking or they might be going through something emotional and they're driving a car and they cause an accident that holds up everything. I cannot control people who like to slow down on the highway just so they can see what happened to that car in the corner because it looks like it was an accident or someone got pulled over by the police and so everyone's slowing down so they can peep into the car to see if they know who that is so they can talk about it later. And so you have this traffic backed all the way up to like the next two blocks three, four, five blocks later, there's traffic just because everyone is nosy and want to know who is that person that got pulled over? Do I know them? What happened? I mean, it's great that you want to drive by and slow down so you can assess the situation so you can have a story. But hey, for the rest of us who really don't care, you know, get to where you're going. Stop causing a traffic. What's the big deal? The person got into an accident. They look like they're fine and they're okay. They're frantically crying keep driving, the cops are there, (laughs) so that's what I mean by, you know, things that are out of your, your control, I can't make these people stop doing that on the highway, I can't make them stop doing that on the street, and so I just, it's just something that we need to learn how to do, learn how to let go of things that you cannot control, and free yourself from that situation. And so yes, it's still on my list because I still struggle every single day to let go of things that I cannot control. I also have put in practice over the past few years of letting go of things that I don't need. And that could be clothing, that could be shoes, that could be anything really. So I don't like hoarding. And I, I've seen people who are hoarders and you walk into their homes and you're like, oh, my God, like there's so much stuff. And so I worked for a rental um, apartment rental company at some point, And I remembered that I had to go into specific people's homes or their apartments and they just hoarded everything there was papers there's books there was everything I mean the place was stuffed you had to walk sideways you had to step over things you had to do whatever and so I've even seen this when I worked for a car rental as well because I had to go and pick up somebody and when I went to the person's place they were like oh come into my home and I'm like what no 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 I'm just here to pick you up like it's time for us to go and she's like oh I have to go get the money so she went she went in and she's like i just need to find my credit card i couldn't find my credit card so she made me come into her home thank god this was before covid and uh, i walked into her home and i literally had to step over boxes step over shoes step over chairs the place was so cluttered and it smelled like cigarettes i almost died because by the time i left her place my entire my hair my clothing every inch of me smelled like cigarettes but she was a hoarder and I just felt so bad for her because, you know, it could be that she's hoarding because she's lonely. It could be that she just feels safer being in that home with all the stuff around her. Maybe, you know, it's like a like a hug. I don't know. Um, but when I worked at the apartment building, I kind of saw things that I never thought of after seeing that person's home when I was working for the rental car company. That when the person moved out, and they took, like, all of their stuff. And, I, I mean, they had a huge moving truck to move out this small one-bedroom apartment full of stuff. The bedroom was stacked, furniture everywhere, pileups of stuff. This person couldn't let go of anything. And um, once the person moved out, you know, they had left some stuff behind because I guess it couldn't fit in the huge truck that came to pick up their stuff. And so... You know, we had to get the superintendent to help move stuff out and put it near the garbage so if people wanted it, they could take it. Um, and we just put it on the corner of the street and hoped that people took it. As we were moving stuff out of this person's apartment, we started moving furnitures and we saw maggots underneath the furnitures. Um, old food that may be rolled underneath and, you know, the person couldn't reach it because there was just too many things around and it's not like they could move the furniture to clean underneath it. And so, you know, even when we went to the fridge or not the fridge, but the kitchen to move the kitchen out to make sure that the cleaners could clean behind the fridge and underneath and moved out the stove. There was cockroaches and it was it it was like these things made this location their home because the person didn't clean properly. So maggots and cockroaches and disgusting things and there was mold. It was it was horrible and it smelled so bad. Like I, I just could not believe it. I felt so bad for the cleaning crew that had to go in there to clean up that mess. And then we had to, you know, call the, the insect people to now spray down the the apartment because of the bugs that live there. And so because we moved the fridge and the stove, the, the cockroaches started moving all over the place. So now it's now seeped into ventilation systems and it found its way into other people's apartments. So now we had to like spray down that entire floor of an apartment building. And I thought to myself, oh my God, I never would have thought that hoarding would lead to something like this. In my mind, people have a level of cleanliness um, that I have. And so maybe even if they were hoarding stuff, they would move things around just so they can clean to make sure that the place is clean. But nope, that's not the case. So that was like a wake up call for me. I, I think I came home that day and I cleaned my entire home, like pulled everything out, moved everything and I cleaned. But I mean, I really didn't have to because I do move around my home seasonally and I clean it so I sweep and I mop and I sanitize I even buy wipes sanitizing wipes to wipe down handles because you know you have people coming in and out and they're touching stuff and you could be also the type of person that do do that and didn't realize that you know when you come home you put your jacket away you take your shoes off and you go to the bathroom and you wash your hands before you go anywhere else in your home a lot of people don't do that and so I had to make sure that I sanitize weekly and after that situation, I realized that hoarding really was not healthy and was not good for you. So I started packing up clothes that I wasn't wearing anymore. I stuffed them in bags. Um, I gave them either to my mom because she likes to drop them off and um, you know buy some stuff. Cause she's a, she's a, she loves to purchase. And so I just started packing shoes. I started packing um, clothing that I wasn't wearing anymore or excess clothing clothing that I didn't like anymore and I bought it years ago but I was like why did I buy this because back in the day you know I wasn't I wasn't uh, good at controlling myself when it comes to shopping I always connected shopping to my mood and so if I'm feeling down or I'm upset or I'm going through something I would automatically go shopping And so I had all this junk, so I just started getting rid of stuff. And if I don't need something, I added it to that bag. Um, And I went from there. So every season, I work on a bag of clothing that I put everything in that I don't need, and that could even be things that are in my home that I no longer have use for. So if it's decorative and, you know, I'm looking at it and I go, you know what, back in the day I really liked it, but now I find it extremely ugly. It doesn't suit my personality anymore. I take down that thing off the wall and I put it in the bag. So things like these, letting go of things that I don't need, is also due to just making sure that I stay clean and that my my home is clean. And, you know, I also felt that under... certain circumstances if you're going through something that's super heavy for you and you're emotional you're going through depression or you know the spirit comes into your life and it's just so negative that the home that you have worked so hard to keep peaceful and to keep light um, you now come into that home and you feel negativity it means that you know you need to start cleaning house and so cleaning house seasonally is actually very good for your mental health. It's cleaning out all that negativity that you don't need um, that maybe have built up during that specific season from either your transition or something bad that's happened to you that has really, truly affected you. And you just need to clean out that emotion within yourself and you need to clean out that emotion outside of your out of your home as well. And so getting rid of stuff that might have reminded me about a a specific time in my life where it was negative and, it you know, looking at that item brings me back to that place that was negative and not positive and it doesn't bring me life or hope. I just put that in the bag as well and give it away. And so sometimes, you know, that spirit can attach to things that you don't, you don't need in your life anymore. You don't want to go backwards. You want to move forwards and you have to let those things go. And so that is what, that's what I do. When I let go of things that I I don't need anymore, I find, I feel like a weight is lifted off my shoulder. I feel unburdened. That reminder of looking at that item is now gone and so every time I come home I don't have that problem anymore because my attachment to that negative part of my life due to this specific item is now gone it's now in someone else's home or in the garbage I don't know what I did with it as far as I'm concerned it it got the hell out of my house and that's what I did organization is another thing on my list this is something that I put in practice when I was in college I learned from this professor who was a a business man he he owned a lot of businesses and he sold majority of his businesses and one of the things that he passed down to me was a 24-7 notebook and to this day I use it every single day Um, I carry it around with me everywhere the 24-7 notebook that I have, basically I write down everything in it. So if I'm reading a book and something stood out to me or I learned something from reading that book, I write down what I learned in this book. If I have a business idea or a concept, I write it down into this book. Um, if, you know, I made a list of places I wanted to travel to and I had this entire page, a bucket list of things that I wanted to do and I wrote it down on that list. I even have a page dedicated to just financial goals and where I want to go and all of my plans and how I'm going to do it written down in my 24-7 notebook and so after a few years of doing that, I realized, all right, I need to kind of um, create another small little comp Compact, compact book for me to just write down weekly objectives and weekly objectives could include what I'm going to do for myself the weekly objectives could be what I'm going to do for my home um, and the weekly objectives could also include um, what I need to do in order to get to my yearly objectives on my list things that I have to complete so the little book that i have i write down weekly what i need to do and then i also have an agenda and it's a book i know a lot of people nowadays have an agenda on their phone and that's the what they use but i don't do that i prefer paper you have your phone all the time you have apps on your phone you're doing the most on your phone and they've made it so easy for you to be on your phone all day every day and just be a zombie in life. But I prefer to write on paper, just as I prefer reading books with paper. I like the paper in my hands. I like the smell of it. It's, I just like that simplicity in life, you know? Um, so my weekly schedule now, I use it to, to be organized. I write down my work schedule. Um, I write down what I'm going to do after work. Um, I write if I end up working, you know, afternoons, I write down what I'm going to do in the morning before I get to work. And I even have my gym schedule written in my weekly agenda. I even have my payment schedules written in my agenda as well for all of the bills that I need to pay so that I just follow it. And so um, organizing my weekly schedule has very much helped me, because with the weekly schedule, I'm able to do this podcast. I'm able to do what I need to do for my YouTube channel. Um, I'm able to schedule appointments and organize myself and follow that set schedule so that I complete everything I need to complete. And so I'm not left stressed out about things that I have to get done because I have a schedule and I follow that schedule. Now, the weekly objectives are things that I know that I might forget, and so i could come home and i'm i could be focused on oh you know i need to go record that podcast episode but then i would then i would forget that there's other things that i needed to do and by the time i have to go to bed then i remember and so writing down my weekly objectives, it's once I get home, I take my jacket off, I put my shoes away, I wash my hands, um, I grab something to eat. And I, while I'm sitting there eating, I would look at my weekly objectives and go, okay, I made this list, let's go through what I need to get done before my meeting at a specific time. And so I would go through that list and I would get as much as I can done before my meeting. And then I will be prepared for my meeting because I have everything already set up for that meeting. And then once the meeting is over and it's time for me to go to bed, the only thing that I need to worry about you know, is taking a shower, brushing my teeth, having some tea, and then going straight to bed. And that is a schedule that you follow for your peace of mind, so you're not stressing out, so you don't go to bed thinking, oh my God, I forgot this, and you wake up in the middle of the night going, shoot, I forgot this too. My brain is on fire, so I need to write everything down so that my brain can quiet down and I can be focused on what I'm doing in that moment. And so that is something that I do intentionally just to keep me sane. Third thing that I do is fitness. Um, I had learned while I was in college How fitness truly made me feel. I was never a a gym person before college or anything like that. I just decided one day that, you know, I was going to go to the gym just to have something to do between classes. And certain classes had like a good, you know, three to four hour space between them. And so I had nothing to do. It's not like I could go get a job or anything. I had to schedule my jobs around when I finished school. And so during those wait times that I was waiting to go back to my next class, I had nothing to do. And so I decided to apply for a fitness membership and I went to the gym at the college. And so I did that about three times per week. And I noticed after doing it how much my body felt better, I was less stressed, my anxiety was, was lowered. And I also found that I absorbed more in school when it comes to learning. And I also just felt like my brain could breathe. I don't know how else to explain that. I just felt like I could just breathe. That pressure that I I was feeling was gone. And so fitness three times a week is something that I did um, in college. And I just kind of continued it it after school was finished and I think I even took a break from it and I felt uncomfortable like my body felt uncomfortable I felt uncomfortable and so I just returned back to the gym and once I did that I just felt so much better I had more control over my emotions I had more control over over things that I couldn't control (laughs) Um, I was less angry or my I wasn't easily frustrated as I was before. My annoyance was lowered by 20%. And so I couldn't really give up fitness. I remember the first time I decided that, you know, I wasn't going back to the gym and that I needed to find other outlets uh, to get a workout in. And I started doing cardio outdoors rather than on a treadmill in a building. And oh man, that experience was intense i felt like i was going to die after 30 minutes and then i decided to just push through it and i did another 30 minutes and the next day my entire body from head to toe like even my brain felt like it got a workout from head to toe i was in complete pain i was limping even though i stretched before and after i went for the cardio i still felt like my entire body just went through the beating of its life and after that experience and I, I got healed uh, from it, I just felt I need to do this again. And so I started running three times a week when I wasn't going to the gym. And so my body got used to that. So I said, hey, let me try something else. And so I started going on nature walks, like going up to the park. Um, here in, in Ottawa, we have Gatineau Park. So I would go for a nice walk there and I would attend hiking and... Um, and I just loved it so much, breathing the fresh air, seeing the trees. If you are ever in Ottawa, Canada, or Ontario, Canada, and you are going on a nature walk or a hike, the best time to do it is in the fall. It is beautiful. The the trees colors change, and you know the maple trees that give you different shades. You have the orange, the reds, you have the yellows, and it's just beautiful it's the most it just it just makes you so happy and so if you ever have that opportunity i promise you you will never regret it and you'll make it a lifelong thing to do um every fall to just go for hikes every week and so um in the summertime or the warmer weather i would just do cardio i would never usually go to the gym And during the winter times, that's when I would go to the gym because I just do not have the courage to go out there running in the winter of cold, slipping on ice, falling into snow banks. I am not going to be running on the roads because, you know, you know, the walkway is always full of snow. So good luck trying to run through that. And so I had to be more creative. So snowshoeing or skiing or snowboardings are things that you can do in the wintertime to work out outdoors. But if not, the only thing you have left to do is go to the gym. And so I would go three times a week and I would create a schedule of what I'm working on, what part of my body I'm working out um, for the three days. And I would follow that set schedule. And so fitness, I would never give it up. Fitness is something that I live for. It's improved my life immensely and anyone who is feeling depressed or feeling low or feeling just bad and negative go to the gym I promise you when you start working out and you beat the shit out of yourself you will not have energy to focus on any of those things It's just better for you, better for your life, better for your outlook, better to increase positivity in your life. Your brain feels better, your body feels better, even breathing feels better after working out. And so that is something that I do intentionally and I make it a part of my schedule to do so. Another thing that I do for myself is learning how to do new things and starting new projects. My problem is, is that I'm not the type of person that will sit down and read how to do stuff. I'm the type of person that likes to be shown how to do stuff. That's how I learn. Um, I learn through other people's experiences or what other people are saying to me. But if you sit me down and give me a book and say, okay, you want to learn how to do this, read this. Once I finish reading it, I promise you, I will still look at you like, I don't know what the hell this is. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, I'm the type of person that I learn as I do. And so... Um, I started painting last year, and that's something that I've always wanted to do, even though I do not know how to paint. I did it, and I really liked like one or two of the paintings that I did. And so I wanted to do more, but then life caught up with me. And starting new projects um, this is a project that I started, and I started it during COVID. And so it makes me very happy to do this project because I'm meeting new people and I'm interviewing new people and I get to talk to the audience like yourself about certain things that I've learned in life through this podcast episode. And so learning how to do new things and starting new projects has been incredibly helpful for me. It's made me happier. It's made me express myself. It's helped me to release myself of certain things and have conversation with like-minded people. And so I have to say that is something that I chose to be intentional about in my life, is connecting with people and connecting with like-minded people and learning from people's experiences is the only way that I know how to learn. And so I learned how to paint um, by myself with no help from anyone else and I liked my work. And so that is something that people might do to be intentional in their lives i also plant never learned how to plant i just got up one day and i decided to do it and every warm weather that we get here in canada that is what i do i plant seeds and i love to watch it grow it's so pretty you know i'm one of those people that talk to my plants as well yeah it sounds crazy but um i don't know it just brings me peace when i do these sorts of things and so I I just love watching it glow. I love watching it, watching the plant just be happy when it gets a little bit of sunlight and some water and how the leaves just perk up and they fluff and they show off a little bit. To me, that's just beautiful. It puts a smile on my face, like the fresh air that I feel in my home just having these plants breathe for me, you know? (laughs) So um, that is something that does bring me true happiness, and I continue to keep that intention in my life of learning how to do new things. Snowboarding was something that was new to me, and I learned how to do it. Uh, snowshoeing, I've never done before, and I learned how to do it. I have an entire list of things that I want to learn how to do, and you know, one of these days I'll pay for a class to sit down and have someone show me how to do it. And it does make me happy, it makes me feel like I've accomplished something in life doing something that interest me and so yes I am very intentional about learning how to do new things and starting new projects another thing that I do you know intentionally is cook for myself Uh, we're in a society now where we are so used to um, eating out and ordering out and just being lazy that now it's almost like you have to make your life more intentional to cook for yourself you have to be intentional about it I know that, you know, not not a lot of people are budgeting their money. And so I have to be intentional about budgeting. And so cooking for myself, going to the grocery shopping, um, specifically picking items um, for a specific dish that I want to cook weekly or daily. Um, yes, it's time consuming and not a lot of people can do that. But if you calculate how much you eat out on a daily basis and add it up for the entire week compared to buying groceries for a week or two, you will see a big difference. And so cooking for myself, you know, is enjoyable. And by the time I finish completing that dish and I eat it and I love it, it just puts a smile on my face. Rather than, you know, ordering through Uber or Dash or, you know, picking up food at a restaurant and taking it out of a bag and putting it on a plate and then eating it or going to McDonald's or buying some junk food or whatnot. It doesn't give me that sense of of pride as when I would cook for myself and it's not too heavy it's not heavily breaded like I I personally picked each and every ingredient to put in my my meal so that you know my body will then love it (laughs) I don't know how else to say it but cooking for myself is something that I do that's very intentional to me and it's fun for me anyways uh, because I'm cooking for myself. If I have to cook for other people, I kind of feel a bit nervous because what if they hate it or what if they're allergic to something? and I forgot to ask them what they're allergic to. But cooking for myself is is perfectly fine. and I'm completely okay with that. Cause if I ruin something, I'm the only one that can judge my own food. And so cooking is something that I do that's intentional. The next intentional thing that I do is reading books. And I noticed that I really liked reading books. I think, in high school, and I hated reading books when I was younger because, you know, parents and teachers are always shoving these books on you. But the problem with with that was that the books that they were shoving on me, I wasn't interested in any of them. So I was very bored, and I didn't really want to read them anymore, and I just wasn't really interested in reading. And so when I got a little bit older, such as high school, and I, you know, had my first job at at McDonald's, and, you know, I was able to buy my own own books uh, to read... I found that I really enjoyed fantasy books and then I later on started trying to read self-help books but I found that I learned a lot more from fantasy books than I did self-help books which is very weird. Um, I guess because when you're reading the fantasy books you tend to fall in love with the characters and when you fall in love with the characters um, you tend to start to feel what the characters are going through and you tend to just kind of Feel like you are them, or they are they are your best friends, and you just learn from the experience that they're going through, and how they overcame their situations in a book. And so, reading a book has always released me of stress and anxiety, always calmed me down. So if I ever feel anxious or I'm breathing heavily, or I always feel like I have to do this, I have to do that, and I have to run around, I have I gotta do this, I gotta I got have to, I have to, I just have to. You know what I mean? Reading a book just calms me down calms me down so much that I curl up on my couch with a blanket I put on like the the lower lights not the highlights and I just read this book curled up and I could do it all day long at some point I would forget to go to sleep so now I have to set alarms for myself when I read a, a good book and make sure that I get to bed on time at a particular time but the point is that reading reading books um, is something that I do that's very intentional because it slows me down and it keeps me in one place and it keeps me present in that moment, um, which is what I need to learn how to do more often. And so that is something that I do that's very intentional in my life. Another thing that I do that's very intentional in my life is praying once a day, praying. Um, I mean, I wish I could pray more than once a day, but in the morning before I get up and I go to work, I would go out into my car and I would drive to work and I would pray on my way to work just about everything, everything that's going on in my life. I pray about, for my family. I pray for my job, I pray about everything that comes to mind. I even pray for, you know, health for, for every, all of my friends and my family and myself. I, I just I just pray. And by the time I get to work, I don't know I just feel like this burden had been lifted off of my shoulder I feel lighter and I feel happier and so prayer once a day and being intentional about it has truly has truly benefited my life I was even talking to a girl in my workplace as well and I was saying you know every time I see you come into work you just seem so happy and light and and sweet and just nothing bothers you and she's like you know what it's because I pray every day. I said, what? She's like, my relationship with God has truly just made me not take a lot of things personal. And the outburst of anger that I would see some of my coworkers going through and that frustration and annoyance. She's like, I don't have it because I had released everything in prayer and I'd freed myself and I went oh and she's like yeah so she's like when I come into work I'm happy to be here and when I leave work I'm happy to leave <laughs> and even during work she says someone will come with their bad attitude and she just doesn't pay them any mind because she prays every day and she leaves it to the lord and she gives it to god and just let god move in her life and in whatever circumstances that she's going through and so she said that she she felt that prayer Prayer has been very beneficial for her. So yes, prayer can be something that you do that's very intentional in your life. And so far, it's worked for me and I haven't had any real complaints. So that concludes what I do that is intentional in my life uh, for the betterment of my mental health, for the betterment of my physical health, uh, health, and also for the betterment of my overall just my overall life in general. I don't even know how to say that properly. So let's go into things that others might do that is intentional in their lives. So a lot of people do daily meditations. Um, they have creative projects such as painting, pottery, planting, etc. A lot of people have fitness goals that they want to aspire to. They even put that them on their vision board. I want a six pack, you know. um, daily, um, time reading the Bible. Like there are people who dedicate waking up in the morning and opening the Bible and reading a few verses and, and going into prayer. Um, there are people that travel and they intentionally do this in their lives. It just, it just makes them completely happy. Hopefully those people aren't, you know, putting themselves in debt to travel the world. Um, but a lot of people do and they budget properly and they put themselves in, in financial situations where they aren't suffering. Um, other people in, do intentional things that uh, like researching investments, learning new skills as well. I do have to touch on that for myself. I know that during high school, um, my mother had encouraged me to open a GIC investment and that's where I saved up for college payments and so I do have to say that people who are researching investments and people who are you know contributing to their RSPs or TFSAs or dabbling stocks or bitcoins or whatever you choose to invest in or even rental properties, um, a lot of those people that is also an interest and they're being intentional about the future that they want to create for themselves. And so a lot of people want to go into early retirement. They want to be able to go into retirement and, you know, not have to be struggling with their pension. And so they are starting early in life. I have been putting money into my RSPs since college. And every time, you know, I might have lost a job or I have to quit a job, I've always called the bank and maybe, you know, held that, told them to hold back on taking out contributions out of my my regular bank account until I find a new job um, and then restart it once I get a new job. So researching and investments and participating investments is something that you can do intentionally in your life to better your future. There are people that do therapy. Um which is very good a lot of people aren't able to manage certain stressors in life manage certain conflicts or trauma that they might be going through and they want to be better people for themselves better people for their family better people for their friends and just better people all around in general a lot of people struggle with suicide and so going into therapy to talk about what the triggers are that makes you want to commit suicide is very beneficial it means that you actually care to live And so being intentional that way by going to therapy and seeking help is it's phenomenal. And honestly, I give you all the praise if you do do that, because it takes a lot of strength to to fight against shame, to fight against, you know, the stigma behind therapy and to just walk into that room and sit down and talk to somebody about what you're truly going through. And so there is no shame in going to seek therapy if you need help. But that is something that people do that is intentional to them. So there's also blocking out time to spend with your family. A lot of people get so consumed with, with working, with dedicating their lives and their everything that they do to anything but their family. They don't spend time with their wives. They don't spend time with their children. They don't go see their grandparents. They go, don't you know make the time to call up their brother and sister who could be in a different city. They don't do that, so blocking out the time to spend time with family and reaching out to them is important, and it's something that you need to be intentional about before life gets away from you and you're stuck there looking around going, oh my God, Like my family is ripped apart. So that is something that people need to be intentional about. Having dinner parties and cooking with guests, that's actually pretty fun. (laughs) I've done it a few times. And um, I really enjoyed it, because you kind of reconnect with your friends and family if you have little dinner parties. And it's so much fun when you're playing games and you release so much stress and anxiety and you just feel lighter and happier and you have a smile on your face every day when you have these, these dinner parties. That is something that people do that's intentional because they know it lifts their mood and it's gonna make everyone happy to do it. So that is something that you could do that's intentional. A lot of people who maybe are loners, tend to like to do self-renovation on their own home. It makes them proud to see the work that they do when they renovate their homes. So that is something that you know makes a lot of people, um, that is intentional to a lot of people because maybe they're not interested in majority of the things that I've just mentioned earlier. And so self-renovation of their own home where they do it themselves, it would be wise if they found someone that knew how to do the job to maybe coach them through it or mentor them through it. Um, When renovating your home by yourself. And so it's a project. It's still considered a project um, in that case Um, so there's also This thing that people were doing a lot where you know, they would say smiling daily or the Superman pose or and singing um, was something that people had to do intentionally So waking up in the morning and smiling, taking a shower, you're smiling, you're brushing your teeth, you're smiling, you're getting dressed, you're smiling, you go to your car, you're smiling. I know it's creepy and it's weird and it looks like you're suicidal or maybe you're one of those people that are going to run over somebody with a big smile on your face or it might trigger people making you think that you're a serial killer, you never know. There's a lot of things that can go through people's minds when you're smiling all day for no apparent reason. But studies have showed that it does help your mood. And it keeps you smiling all day until it becomes really natural for you. So if you're somebody that doesn't really smile often and you don't have anything to smile about, you have nothing to laugh about, you know, putting on a smile eventually will just become a part of how you look every day and you just always want to smile. And then there's a Superman pose. People say they stand in front of their mirror and they put on that Superman pose. Or if you're going into a meeting and you're nervous about it, you do it in the bathroom, a Superman pose. Stick your chest out, put your hand on your waist, and you just feel like Superman. Um, And then there's singing. Singing your favorite kind of music kind of improves your mood as well. And I do it in my car all the time. And so singing does improve my mood, especially when I feel like crap, like I made a mistake and I'm beating myself up. So I start singing this beautiful song and it just keeps me at peace and it gives me light. And so singing has has been something that a lot of people do intentionally to improve their mood and their mental state. Then there's also positive affirmation. Um, So talking to yourself as well. Um, Waking up in the morning, looking in the mirror and telling yourself that you're beautiful, you have a lot to offer, um, you're going to be successful life is good you're a positive person like these types of stuff saying it in the morning to yourself in the mirror a lot of people have said that you know it's worked for them i can't say it's worked for me but it's worked for them and so that is something that people do intentionally it's going out of your way to make your life better, and to self-improve. Intentional doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I'm intentionally working on my business. I'm intentionally, you know, helping other people. Yes, helping other people is intentional, but sometimes the little things like telling yourself how great you are is intentional. And so um, I do know with the fitness goal as well, I think I mentioned it in a previous podcast episode, that... I've read a lot of articles in magazines where entrepreneurs or pe- people who are actresses or singers would say that they wake up at four o'clock in the morning and they work out for an hour. I think even Carrie Washington said that's what she did working on Scandal. And I think uh, the girl, Emma... Ellen Pompeo I think from Grey's Anatomy said she did the same thing and even reading Sierra's article years ago she said that she wakes up about 4 p.m in the morning or 4 a.m in the morning and she works out and I think she said in the article that she works out three times a day and I was like what who got time for that but I mean she has trainers and people that come in and you know she does boxing for for one hour and then like the next few hours she'll do cardio and then the next few hours she'll do something else. Um, but I mean, Sierra's body is on point, so I can't be mad. <laughs> she works on it. Um, so a lot of successful people would always say that they wait, the first thing they do in the morning is they wake up and then work out. It could be yoga, Pilates. Um, it could be going to the gym. I mean, you see the Kardashians doing it and they're posted up on their Instagram all the time. But I mean, their body's on on point as well. And so a lot of successful people that own a lot of different businesses and have many projects that are making them money or, you know, they're happy to do wake up early at four o'clock in the morning to do these types of things um, to to the betterment of their help. And they've also said that it has um, helped them to be more productive And so um, those are some things that people do in their lives that are intentional. So coaching oneself or paying a life coach is another thing that a lot of people do um, that is intentional. Uh, Making time schedule uh, to complete businesses or important projects uh, close to your heart or just personal, you know, just personal time. Making a schedule Um, To do all of that when you notice that you're always finding yourself being busy. Some people get so busy that they forget to eat. So it's almost like, you know, set the alarm to help you to work and then pause, eat, rest, go back to work. Some people need that schedule because maybe they're workaholics. So now let's talk about what i mentioned before, which is how sabotaging yourself could be intentional. (laughs) So let's talk about how sabotaging yourselves could be intentional i used to beat myself up for sabotaging myself and i would look back on the past and i would say oh i can't believe i sabotaged myself by doing that i am so mad at myself it could have been a great opportunity for me and i ruined that opportunity like why would i do that and so i would beat myself up about it all the time and never truly forgiving myself for sabotaging or trying to take that time to figure out why I did it. There are some people that will sabotage certain jobs or they'll sabotage their business partnerships or their businesses, or some people sabotage their relationships, or people will sabotage themselves to put themselves back into a place that is negative and it doesn't work for them. But a lot of people have not looked at why they're doing it and why it was important for them to sabotage. The first time I sabotaged myself was maybe early 20s. Where I worked at this job that should have been great. But it really wasn't. It was not a good job. It was very toxic. It wasn't It wasn't working for me. And so I was kind of raised that you have to work hard. And you know you need a job. And if you don't have a job... You know, you're not going to be successful in life. You're going to, you know, you won't be able to pay your bills. You won't be able to do all that stuff. And yes, all of that is true. But no one said that you needed to stay in a job that you hated. And at the time, you keep telling yourself, be grateful, be grateful. At least you have a job. At least you're getting paid. But really, at the end of the day, you needed to go you needed to go a long time ago but you kept pushing through it you were miserable you hated your life you at some point hated yourself and blamed yourself for a lot of stuff and this job was not doing it for you and that's exactly how i felt i just felt like i was stuck and i felt like i wasn't going anywhere and i was bitter unhappy about it and it was due to the job and i didn't know how to leave I didn't know how to just say, here's my two-week notice, I'm out. I just couldn't do it. I started living in fear. I started thinking that maybe I have to stay with this job because that's what your parents taught you to do. And finding that courage to walk away even though, you know, you didn't have anything lined up afterwards was something that I knew was not very smart. But I was so exhausted from the job that I couldn't, go and look for something else and so if you really you really needed to leave you really needed to have something else lined up but then by the time you get home you're making yourself some food you just want to relax you're completely drained you don't even have time to open your laptop and look for a job then you're stuck and you just don't know what to do you want to take a day off but they'll make you feel guilty about it You know, it was constant toxicity and constant negativity, and you're always dealing with just these different people and their own misery being thrown at you at the same time that you couldn't, you felt fear asking for a day off for yourself so you can look for another job. And so it came to a point where I started doing things that I wasn't normal for me, and I was, I didn't realize I was sabotaging it. I did it unconsciously and so when I did get fired now I felt so relieved I felt so relieved but at the same time I was like shit I don't have a job (laughs) and I have bills to pay and I don't have it and then I'm looking and I'm like god I'm so stupid like why would I do that and then you know over the 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 next few days you start remembering all the things that you did that led up to you being fired and you realize okay i deliberately sabotaged this because normally i would never have done that so why did i do it and it's because i want it out and to be perfectly honest i even asked myself after realizing that you know what i really wanted out and to keep in mind this is something i realized six months after the fact it wasn't something that i just woke up one morning and thought oh my god this is why I did it it took time for me to figure that out and um, when I did figure it out at this point I already had another job but then looking back I was like god like why do I feel better now being away from that place like yes I sabotaged myself yes I feel guilty for what I did and, you know, wondering if something is wrong with me and, and that's why I did it. But my subconscious was trying to tell me, like, this is not working for you. If you can't find a job, then then just quit. But I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it because I felt like I was an idiot for doing that. And so they had to fire me. Good news. I realized, you know, when they fire you now, they have to pay you out. So I was like, blessed. I want (laughs) if if anyone if I want to leave a job, I'd rather be fired so they can pay me out. But it sucks because it doesn't look good that you're always being fired. But anyone out there who's gotten fired and they feel horrible about it and they're embarrassed about it. Did you get money after being fired? Then just take it as a blessing and be happy. But I mean, don't let it happen all the time. And so, and uh, most employers now prefer if you quit rather than you being fired, because they know if they fire you, they have to pay you out for the years that you've dedicated to their business. And so, in that sense, they would rather you just quit. And some jobs will try to make your situation so uncomfortable, so you have to quit, so they won't have to do the paperwork and they don't have to pay you out. They could keep that money and not have to fire you. So, keep that strategy in mind with some of these businesses. But that's something that I did, that I deliberately sabotaged myself. So because I couldn't leave, I needed them to fire me. And so they did. And then I moved on and started trying other things to figure out what would make me more happy in life. And so that is an example of how I sabotage something in my life. I don't think I've ever sabotaged a relationship. I have chosen not to... to, put any effort in a relationship and because I chosen not to put a, any effort in a relationship that a relationship ended up just not going any further but to me that wasn't really a sabotage it was a decision that I had made that this was not the relationship that I wanted to be in but at the at the on, on the other side of it it's not like this person realized that I was their future so it, it was almost like we just parted ways as friends kind of thing but there are certain people who you know might be with the perfect person and was completely happy or the person was completely happy and they were building a life together and they felt and they just didn't know what that feeling was that they were going through at the time so they sabotaged and did something stupid and the person ended up leaving them and they never fought for them to to come back but when they did decide to fight for them They felt that it was that they wanted the person back. But really what they wanted was forgiveness for what they did. There's a difference. And a lot of people don't know the difference between chasing someone down just to seek forgiveness and not wanting to be with them. And then by the time they get there trying to get that forgiveness, they then turn the person then turned around and said, I forgive you. And then all of a sudden you're back together and you're back where you didn't need to be in the first place. So I think in that situation, they just kind of needed to learn to forgive themselves um, rather than running after that person that, you know, you push to leave running after that person that you push to leave um, and just let them go and just learn to forgive yourself and understand why you took take the time to understand why you did it and why you had to and just kind of figure out what you needed, what, what you need for yourself. Who are you? Finding yourself, finding your identity. So sometimes sabotaging can be intentional. It might be that you weren't ready for something or you're sabotaging because this is not what you want, but you don't know how to express it. You don't know how to say out loud, this is what I want and this is not it. And so sometimes you just need that help. And sometimes sabotaging can be Of way of asking for help and these people will give it to you and you might feel some some way about it at the end of it but sabotaging yourself sometimes can be intentional and can be beneficial for you it just might take you a bit longer to realize why and and what it is and why you did it just simple things like that So that concludes our podcast episode about good intentional habits. I hope you all enjoyed the show. Don't forget to click the follow button under TAO Intentions Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. TOA social media pages are Facebook at The Ambitious Obsession and Instagram and Twitter at The Ambitious Ops. And don't forget to share this episode if you like it. So I hope you guys have a splendid day.